Hello and welcome to The Amad Show, where we get to sit down with entrepreneurs and creative spirits from around the world. You can find me on Instagram at Ahmad Mia, A-M-A-D-M-I-A-A-N, or at The Ahmad Show. This week, I get a chance to sit down with Benjamin Aydin, a Turkish designer and founder of fashion brand Le Benjamin, living in Istanbul. In this episode, Benjamin talks about the dangers of social media, the power of community, and the importance of reconnecting the East. He also walks us through the early days of his brand and shares his stories of fulfilling a dream that was set out by his father. So without further ado, let's get straight to Benjamin. That's, it's, we already started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we already started. So, you know, like, it's funny that you say that, like, uh, getting sick of social media. And then now I think the usage of social else. media has just spiked. Yeah. Like, it's incredible how much people are online and, and the whole world has kind of gone, gone online, right? Like, and... I love how you kind of mentioned the importance of social interaction. Like, as I was saying, like the podcasts are now, are now mostly being done on phone and we can't do them in, 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 in person, but you're so right. Like that kind of mental markers that you get from people when you're close together, when you're next to each other, that body language and, and just that smile that you can see much, much deeper and, and that interaction. You don't get that when you're when you're away. I mean, you can only kind of capture maybe 60, 50 percent of that when 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 you're when you're across the world and and sitting on, on on the phone. And I think also people are really misunderstood because some people expect you to like their photos because they like your photos and they comment. And sometimes you just don't want to be on this platform 24 seven. And yeah. And it's really, it's it's a thing where it's a responsibility as well because it's a, we support each other. But because, at the same time, yeah. At the same time, sorry, continue. No, at the same time, it's like um, it's lost its value. It used to be free. It used to be open. There was no algorithms. Uh, you would see whatever po- people post. And I feel like now everything is so calculated. And when yeah. everything's calculated, I lose interest. It also loses its authenticity, right? People yeah. then doing it and trying to play the game of whatever that algorithm is. Exactly. And it just loses that, that, that kind of the candor that was initially there of, of, of meeting people. But you know what? Like it's also kind of self-selective in a way where now you've had these expectations almost where the expectations, just like you said, like, oh, if someone liked your photo, you need to like theirs back or whatever. It's this false sense of expectation that like now Benji has to do this because this person has done this. And maybe you, you don't feel perfect in that day. But the persona yeah. that you have to put forward always has to be perfect. Yeah. It's incredible. How does, like, I don't know how those expectations can be met. Like, I wish, like, if I wouldn't have my brand, I would probably close my Instagram because I'm kind of pushed to be doing Instagram. Yeah. You know? Because it's the, it's the only platform in fashion that's relevant right now. So I have to be there. But do I want to be there? No. I mean, I, I'm, I like real things, man. I like, I like talking to you. I like uh, traveling. I like uh, laughing. And I feel like even now, you're always on the phone and it's, it's like a, it's like poison, you know, at the same time, it does have benefits by the way. Like for us, even us being now uh, together on this, it's because of communication. I'm not neglecting that. I'm just saying it's not as it used to be. And it's really draining my energy. I think like this, this goes for so many people around the world. Like there was this article that I was reading just earlier this morning about how the COVID situation has exponentially increased the mental um, uh, dynamics of, of mental illness in the U.S. And I'm sure that this, is, this, this goes all around the world. I mean, we were seeing how social media was affecting people's mental capacity and mental mental states all around the world. And now when everything is escalated so so much higher, I can only imagine the, the repercussions this is going to have over the next couple of years on, on people. Yeah, I, th- I feel like everything is easy access now. Yeah. Uh, 
everyone knows everything. They just need to type it into Uncle Google. So <laughs> I feel like uh, we should be deeper than just knowing. Yeah. We should understand. And that's, that's I feel, is what's missing right now, especially. Also, I've been, like, this, this period, I've been spending a lot with Gen Z. So I'm on Discord channels. Yeah. Um, on TikTok, which I'm, I don't know why I'm on there. But, uh, I'm just like discovering new uh, platforms, I guess, to communicate because it it inspires you. And how's that experience been? Like, what what got you? I mean, the most relevant audience, especially you being an entrepreneur, being a fashion designer, is now Gen Z, like millennials. I mean, me and you are millennials, and we're getting yeah. older, and and we are no longer the real target customer. It's the younger audiences, and and that was like sure. Snapchat, and now it's TikTok. How how have how have you taken these two months or two months, however long they've been in, in terms of lockdown to understand that customer? How are you thinking about Gen Z in general and, and what have you been doing in, 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 at your home? To be honest, again, it's communication. You need to talk to them and you need to allow them to speak because the, the biggest issue of Gen Y and the older generations are that we're actually not listening. Yeah. And if you listen, you get all the answers, to be honest. And there's so many things I'm learning from them. There are things that they're learning from me. It's, it's uh, back, back to the roots. I mean, you need to really talk to each other to understand the uh, mindset of each other. In the end, a communication can go only two ways. So I've uh, been spending a lot of time with them. I've been even playing Fortnite with some uh, kids from my community that I yeah. don't know. So it's just like, let's just blow some steam. Let's just, you know, it's not about knowing each other. It's just uh, good vibes. And also just talking about what they're interested in, sustainability, uh, the future of humankind, um, philosophy, sociology. So different topics, to be honest. And it's really interesting the way Gen Z thinks about all this. Like uh, sustainability, I think, is the most important word that comes out of it and uh, equality. So I feel um, it's really important to address these, not just as a marketing campaign, but making it part of your brand DNA, redefining who you are. And that's kind of what gave me um, inspiration. That's really interesting how, because you're dialing in very specifically and understanding this community and, and, and your brand and how that kind of applies. I like how you said, you need to reinvigorate and re-establish your DNA of what it represents and not a fake story and be just like, oh, okay, we're going to add this little CSR element and be like, yeah, we're going to give back or we are sustainable by doing one line or whatever. I like this idea of, of implementing and, and putting it within your DNA. How do you find it difficult to see what your company is what the values are and to be able to rejig that like how how do you do that it's uh, now we're around 30 people uh, of course everything started with my vision but now it's a bigger vision and um, it takes time for your team also to understand your vision so i don't think you should rush it i think you should first learn about uh, what should be there or discover what should be a purpose for your brand and uh, I'm discovering right now. I'm not saying, saying that I'm sustainable and I'm um, a sustainable brand yet. Uh, there will never be probably a time when you're sustainable because yeah. it's an endless road. So of course we moved our cotton to organic cotton, but I'm not gonna communicate about that because that's fake. And um, it's just, I think you just have to be real and um, think, really what would fit to your brand as well you know it shouldn't be a movement that doesn't go along with your code so Benji, there's there's something that I, like i found interesting when you said that you're playing fortnite as well and there's been a lot of stuff about fortnite lately like in the news i mean my nephew's always on fortnite <laughs> did you see the concerts that are happening on fortnite like, i've been that I've Man, been on the first one. <laughs> it's incredible. It's it's freaking incredible. 345 million people coming together in this virtual world and experiencing these concerts. 
I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it afterwards and I was dumbfounded. And I was like, wow, man. It was Diplo and Travis Scott, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. What, like, what were your feelings? Okay. It's, I mean, it's crazy. I was in it. And for me, it was, you know, like when you're a kid and you're going first time to a concert. Yeah. I had that excitement in me. Like, it's the first time I'm in a game and I'm watching a concert in the game so for me it was more like a stimulus experience of seeing finally something new like it's like uh it was very interesting and the way they uh, especially i was on the travis scott concert the way they did the visuals oh man it was incredible inside as a character uh you're in travis scott and suddenly uh you're being uh, pushed in the sky it's like you're in a, in his astral world actually you know you're actually flying so the dimension you can get uh in the music is way higher because you, you can actually do what he thinks while, while he does the music if it makes sense you know it's it's you know what it's in, it's incredible because for me this is the first time we're seeing the next the evolution of really experiencing things together. Like we have spoken and talked and like heard about VR is gonna be the next thing for, I don't know, for 10, 15 years now. But I think this is as close oh, as it is. it has become to really experiencing music and culture. And this really is, I think, a cultural shift what's happening here where you have this many people kind of coming together and experiencing something together and really truly seeing someone's vision, being able to jump inside this guy's brain, not just hearing him and not just seeing what he's doing, but actually living in that kind of moment, I think it's, it's, it's massive. It is massive. It's, uh, it's definitely the world is changing and um, accessibility is also important. There are so many kids that don't have laptops or internet. So uh, we, we actually had the concert that we supported as a brand. Yeah. Um, well, it, uh, we had around 70 million viewers. It basically, it's a festival. It's a foundation that helps uh, causes in Turkey. So what they've done is they brought all the artists together to on one YouTube uh, day. So all day long we had there were talks, there were artists, most almost all like rappers, pop artists. They all got together. Normally, they, these guys don't get together. They don't. You know? They don't match. You don't want to be next to a pop artist because you're a rapper. You know. Or you know, you're a rapper, you don't want to be next to someone else. So everyone was there and it was a moment for Turkey. And I feel like it's now the time for us to get all together, you know, even like Turkey and uh, the region, you know, that's why, for example, I've been doing Soul DXP for the past yeah. few years because uh, with the boys, Raj, Josh, and, uh, and Hussain. all of them, we, yeah, Hussein. We always say we have to stick together to be strong, you know. So I feel like it's even more important for us to unite and let our egos and build on the that side. Completely. That e- the ego thing is huge. And building that community and coming together, I think, is, is in- extremely important. So Benji, if you if if you could walk me through, like how did you how did you how did you get to the point that you're at today with this mm-hmm. with the with your brand and and with all of the stuff that you're doing? Like who was this this kid who grew up and, and started designing. Talk me a little bit through your story. Um, I think it's gonna be the first time I tell this story in English, because usually uh, I get this story here in Turkey. Yeah. Um, it started off, uh, all started off me born into a community, being, being born, me, me being born in a community uh, in Germany. So my parents are Turkish. I was born in Germany and in Germany, when you're born and your parents uh, moved as the guest worker to Germany, because uh, after World War, Germany allowed a lot of guest workers. And my, yeah. my family, my mother and my father were one of them. And uh, them moving to Germany, they always tried to be good because they were a bad example of Turks. So my parents would always say, don't hang out with the Turks, you know, don't get any bad habits. But I'm like, I love enjoying, I love spending time with, with uh, my people. But I also enjoyed spending time with Germans. I, 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 I don't, I, I'm, a, I'm a human being. I'm a third world citizen. Like, I like everyone. 
and um, I would hang out with everyone and I was always kind of the bridge. And then at age 12, my parents uh, decided to move to Turkey because they were in the fashion industry for over 50 years. And my father was, and my mother, heavily involved in fabrics and uh, production and all of that. And they moved back to Turkey because they said, you know, Angie, we, we have to go there. And I'm, I'm, I didn't know one word of Turkish. Uh, and then I go there, uh, I studied at the German school and I be, I'm being called there, I'm being called a German Turk. So in Germany, wow, you're not so a German. You're flipped, yeah. Yeah, I'm flipped. So uh, I'm in Turkey and I'm like, oh yeah, now it's like, let's see, you know, it's my hometown. Everyone's going to welcome me. <laughs> and I, it was crazy, man. I, I wouldn't be able to even like throw trash on the floor because uh, that's how I was educated. In Turkey, there is no trash cans, you know? So I had like <laughs> all my life, I had like uh, weird, uh, I don't know, like I, I felt weak. And... Um, because I felt ashamed that I couldn't pronounce. I still can't pronounce. Sometimes I sound like a German speaking English, sometimes like a Turk. So <laughs> it's weird. But And then uh, my family decides, uh, Benji, you're going to a boarding school in Switzerland. Okay. I'm like, okay, God. <laughs> and I don't speak one word of English. <laughs> and I never forget. I never forget the first day in boarding school, because I didn't speak English, literally they left me there and I was in my room. I'm like, shit, how am I going to, uh, where am I supposed to eat? And all day long, I was too ashamed to go out of my dorm. And I started crying. Really, I started crying because like, I can't talk to anyone. I'm stuck here. I can't go out the dorm. And then this Kuwaiti guy that's in the dorm, he just saw me just hanging out all day. And he's like, yo, uh, what's up? And, you know, what, do you want, what are you doing here all day? Don't you want to go eat? And then with him, I went to eat, you know? So I feel like, why am I telling all these stories? Not just because I want to talk about myself. It's more about uh, understanding who I am and what Le Benjamin stands for. I don't necessarily belong anywhere. And that became my strength. And I feel like with Le Benjamin, I'm kind of showing, uh, I have a love about the East and the culture of East. It's not just Turkey, it's Middle East, it's Far East, it's Near East. It's all the East. <laughs> so, you know, you have carpets in Pakistan, in India, in Turkey, in China. It's, we have so many similarities. Yeah. And because we all don't know each other, and like Turks and Arabs don't know each other, to be honest. And we have so much history, so many beautiful stories to share with. Why don't we have a bridge? And um, as a kid growing up in Germany, Ahmad, uh, and Turkey and Switzerland, I just wanted to bring people together because I didn't feel I was connected with anyone. So that's, I guess that's the story. That's so important. And, and I love how you you showcase each and every element of, of, of your upbringing from, from Germany to not belonging in Turkey to not belonging in Switzerland. I think so many of us these days go through that because our parents have emigrated or, or gone somewhere yeah. else to live. And, and now if you see the, the discourse anywhere in, in our age demographic, it's always this where we're always struggling to belong somewhere. You know, for myself, a Pakistani, born and raised in Dubai, spent a time in Canada, moved back to Dubai, and now I'm in Pakistan. So it's, it's that story. But then I also love how the brand, Le Benjamin, like it represents, I love what you said about the East and taking it as the East rather than just uh, the Middle East or just Turkey or just, just yeah. one specific place. Because it really, we really do have a, a rich combined history when we go further back, but we were losing, <laughs> but we're losing it. You know, we, we're, we're losing it because we, we don't understand the intricacies and, and the importance that our forefathers and, and the older generations have had and everything that kind of comes together. I mean, the, the derivative language of the, the East, which is uh, Arabic and Urdu and Farsi and, and Turk and all of these different languages that they all come together and they all have similar um, nuances and different and, and similar meanings and and just like you said about carpets and and I know that carpets is, is, is the carpet is 
a huge influence for you as well and for a bunch of our friends but it's it's it it truly the, what it represents is so unified across the east I, i'll add something to this like jason safey yeah. and uh, me we all call each other the carpet gang you know <laughs> like you know maybe you know some people would think oh they're probably jealous or they're fighting against each other because they all use carpets as an influence but no carpet doesn't belong to anyone that was the first exactly. thing i said when i met ali and he started laughing and he said this is amazing and yeah because the east belongs to every to all of us you know why like sorry go on no no go ahead go ahead go ahead so for me it was it was really beautiful to see the collaboration that you did with ali actually and what it kind of stood for east meets east east meets <laughs> east right he's my and, guy <laughs> <laughs> i love it and and the idea of of really reconnecting the east with the east because that needs to happen it needs and, to happen it's and, because you know the main issue here i'm a, and i'm going to be really frank we're ashamed of ourselves completely we're ashamed of our parents we're ashamed of the things that they had to go through it's actually all a self confidence issue it's all also because the west Uh, and not not everyone some of them um have seen bad examples of us yeah and because of that we don't want to be labeled so we pretend to look like we're from london we pretend like we look we're from i don't know from la you know because la is cool because cali is cool for me you know riyadh is cool dubai is cool istanbul is cool seoul is cool bangalore is cool you know you know for me our our heritage is so rich and it's just laying there for you to get inspired it's just waiting for you and you're 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 just on i don't i don't i don't get it and the the biggest issue is ego yeah and our people in the east i think we have it in our blood we're jealous of each other <laughs> yes and the more we and and even if we say like oh you're doing a great job they think it's a competition It's... you know truly benji like one of my favorite things is the way you ali jason again you you guys push each other forward and yeah. i really do think what you've just said there really encapsulates my lifetime in in the east like i really do think that you have such a great point where we are egotistical we are ashamed of ourselves and there is a rich history and i think as i'm getting older i'm appreciating that more and more and more same here and i don't know why there has always been that strife that no the east is worse but to be honest dude the amount of stuff that the west has taken from the east they've taken the best stuff and there's still so much there for us to kind of go and find and and reinvigorate which is again coming back to the east meets east needs to happen where people need to look back in and i think this 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 two month period in pakistan for me has been has been incredible as well to to kind of go back into my roots of just being in in my country um and trying to see what it is that that connects me on a deeper level i mean i've been coming back more and more and and, and trying to understand the art and the culture and all of the different facets of of pakistan for me but i really do think and 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 keep on cons- like not just considering but like trying to understand where did we go not wrong but why did we start to doubt ourselves where did we start to think that we were not enough why can we not take what we have and take our heritage and make it into a contemporary cool artwork or a cool fashion line or or any other kind of business i mean we have the population we have the the rich history and the culture and 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 beautiful land and and all of that stuff that that kind of incorporates the east um, there's a great saying in turkish it's uh geographical destiny I actually want to put that on a t-shirt it's just our destiny it's uh the history it's um the horrible things we went through and i feel like it just uh that it went through generations and i feel like that that frustration is just uh, pulling you down but you need to watch michael jordan's documentary you know the the one on netflix that just came out 
Yes. I haven't if seen he, it yet. If he, okay, well, you probably know, he stopped basketball when his father was uh, dead. Yeah. And and then he 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 came back to uh, to Chicago Bulls, and he he changed his number because he knew he's he's not the old Michael Jordan anymore. So uh, if Michael can stop basketball and be on the top and come back to the top, we can come back to the top as well. It's so important. It's just, it's just in us because our our history, if you look at it, it's so rich. It's so strong. You need to bring that feeling that you have in the stomach up to you, to your heart, and take your soul and just do it. You know, you, no one is going to motivate you. Everyone is going to, you know, the biggest issue, we don't have enough creators. We have too many critics in the East. Completely. Everyone, Completely. Is, a, everyone is a critic. Everyone has a voice. <laughs> everyone has an opinion on yes. other things. But yeah. like, ask them. And, and this, you know what, this is really important because this is also in politics. Like everyone is going to like scream about the politicians and this and that in Pakistan, but no one is going to do, no one is going to change, change that movement, make that first, take that first step. And, and it's okay. You know, like, do I, do I love all my collections? Do I think that all my designs are great? No. Some of them I look back and I'm like, what did I do? But I learned from it and it's okay. It's great. Criticism is great if it's face to face. But uh, we have this culture and it's, uh, I don't think it's good. I think we need to talk to each other. We need to, we really need to get together. Do we want to be regional? Do we want to be only in our home turf? Or do we want to be a global brand? Because if you're a global brand, we should be together with each other and move together globally. That's my vision. You know, instead of like fighting for a cake in your own country, let's fight for the cake in the world. In the world. A piece yeah. of cake, you know? Yeah. That's, the, that's the mindset. I, I love it. I think that's, again, like, like you said, like you really need to bring people together and, and form this community. And, and I, I really think the way you go about with De Benjamin as well, that you exemplify that. Right, and I'd, I'd be curious to kind of understand the evolution from 2011 when you started to today about your thought processes and where you you think the brand was and where it is today and and where you see it in in, in the future. So it's actually uh, I didn't I just started realizing why my brand DNA is what it is because I started to get to know myself. Because I always was thinking, oh, I'm Turkish. The brand should be about Turkey. And then I'm like, oh, I'm German. It should be about me being in Germany. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It's actually, uh, I love history. I love photography. And I love the East. Like, I don't know why. You know, it's the Aladdin movie. Maybe in my childhood, I used to play the game. I was really into everything Oriental. And Oriental doesn't mean just, again, it's just this, I don't know, it sparks my heart. You know, it's uh, like looking at images of Morocco, Casablanca. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's, I was born with it, let's say. So uh, I started off with 30 t-shirts and uh, I, was, I had two friends that worked for me when I first started the brand. And we packed our bags with 30 t-shirts, went to Berlin to bread and butter and we put uh, the collection up you know, carrying, putting things in the bag. Oh, shit, we didn't know we have to pay extra. The initial uh, hustle. Initial hustle, you know. And then you, I put it up and then this uh, guy comes up to me, uh, one, a buyer. Uh, his name is Sam Bam Arvams. And he tells me, oh, I like this stuff and your story and it looks interesting. He looks at me like I'm like a kid, you know. I'm like 20 years old coming here. He knows, you know, he wants to support and I didn't know that. I really thought like, oh, he really loves me and the collection. Maybe he didn't like the collection. I don't even know. But uh, he was like, okay, what's the markup? What's this? And when is the delivery times? And I'm like, I'm looking at him like, what is he saying? Markup? Delivery times? I'm like, um, 
the price is this. <laughs> <laughs> like a Middle Eastern salesman, I'm like a designer, yeah. It's like Grand Bazaar. <laughs> T-shirt is 90 euros. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I guess you're new to this, Benji. Uh, I'll come back at night and uh, prepare everything. I call my family. I call friends. I'm like, well, what, do I have, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? <laughs> and I prepare it. And he becomes my first client. And turns out, actually, I didn't know who he was. He was the founder of Atrium, which was a very important oh. store in New York um, on Broadway. And he's also Ronnie Fike's uncle, uh, which is now Kith. And he's a partner of Kith. So me as a 20-year-old... You're getting um, right into like, I mean, the big guys. I just found out lately that he, he was partnered up with him and he gave him that chance too. He, he put Ronnie onto the, his uh, store as a uh, sales rep. And he gave him, so he's, he's a great guy because probably if he wouldn't have ordered, I would not continue because uh, I ran to my friends and I'm like, I'm in New York, guys, you know? So I, why do I tell the story of the beginning? Because people, when they look at Le Benjamin, they're like, oh, he's this big guy. Oh, he, he did this. Oh, he did Nike. Oh, he did this. No, it all started small. And, and, and don't think like... Uh, the problem of our generation is as well that they all want the big things from the start now every everything now, now. but i had endless uh we like working hours i i didn't go to vacation some years i never i still work on weekends you know maybe sundays i don't work half a day but i usually uh, i'm always working and this is bad too like my wife, uh, and she's from Saudi. <laughs> she's telling me, Benji, if you don't stop working on the weekends, something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll slow down. <laughs> and you know, uh, it's all about balance. And after after that, I did my first fashion show in Istanbul, and I had my friends that walked for me, and that was the moment in Istanbul because in men's fashion, no friend would walk in a show. It was a taboo. So I was always a kind of the rebel. I was also, uh, I, I like when everyone goes right, I like to go left. So uh, I have that personality in me. So I did that. And then I did my first show in Milan, which was a huge success. And it was uh, Ottoman punk. I, I mixed two things that probably wouldn't get together. Wouldn't go, no. sensitive because I had like tattoos on all the guys and I had shalwars and like <laughs> kaftans and it was a total, total contrast. But what I was trying to say, this is me. I grew up in Germany in a Turkish, uh, to a Turkish family in a Western world. This is who I am. You can't change me. So uh, I just, I did that show and that grabbed Nike's attention. And they sent me a letter and they said, Benji, you're shifting the region's um, um, culture. You're moving it forward. We want you to design the future of Air Max uh, as the first Middle Eastern designer. And they flew me into Portland. And that was a moment. I, I'm a big Nike head and I love also Adidas uh, growing up in Germany. For me, it was a great moment. And when I went there in the Blue Ribbon Studio and they designed the shoe, it was really really a special moment because I mean it's like I, a dream I, come true for so many people dream you know true. dream come true we were the first 12 designers that entered the design studio and the DNA archive room Nike never allowed any external designers to enter so it was a moment for sure and there I wanted to present my culture my region so I used of course the carpet pattern and it, I, be, I ran second and Sean Wooderspoon was first and um, for me, it was a great moment because I was recognized uh, as a sneaker designer. And from that onwards, I've been also collaborating with Puma. I've also been collaborating with Hikmet, who is one of the first uh, sneaker uh, collectors, I would say. And I'm using the word sensitive because it's very, you can't call people sneakerheads because yeah. he's like a, a legend to me, Hikmet, uh, who has his brand Sondra like him and uh, DJ Clark Kent were collecting shoes and traveling to like uh, 
cities to be able to buy it. Now you just have your bot and you're playing or watching yeah. Netflix while the bot buys your shoe. It wasn't like that. So um, being able to collaborate with him, it's an honor. And, um, and we have so many more sneaker projects. So after that, what happened was I opened my flagship store in Istanbul that you probably have seen. It was designed by uh, Food New York, uh, Dong Ping Wong, a really good friend of yeah. mine. And I would love you guys to check him out as well. And um, he, he has a lot of experimental and I think innovative work uh, ethics. And I really respect his eye. And uh, that store opening was very important. And we opened the store not with an event, but we opened it with a talk to educate because we cannot just, um, just open and, and talk and, and imp like kind of impress people. It has to be educational. Yeah. So uh, the store was for me very important because it's a platform for our community. Kids come in and they talk to me. Some kids come and they say, Benji, I want to create my own brand. How do I do it? So it's a place to come and hang out, not just to, to shop. To we congregate and, and, to, and to build yeah. community. Yeah. And then we did this project with Daniel Arsham in there. So also touched, uh, tapped into the art world. And Daniel came in and he spent two days in the store talking to collectors, but also young kids in Istanbul. And that's, it's such a big risk. Like, even for me to design the, in the competition, it's such a big responsibility because you're presenting a region, you know? They could say, oh, it could really destroy my career even. They could say, what is this design? You know, you know how our people are, you know? <laughs> Criticize really, first. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's, I, everything I design, I feel responsible of because I have so many kids that are watching me, you know? So I have to be careful and it's, it's kind of a fear as well. But at the same time, it gives you strength to, um, to do to better, to do more. Yeah. 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 To do more. One so thing that you, sorry. So one thing that you said that like really like, I mean, th that's been consistent with everything, every single thing that you mentioned is you always work with friends. You had the, your friends do the first show. Like, so every, see it, it, you can start to pick up like things about the person as they speak. And these are like some of the markers that I've been like just taking in from you. And, and I mean, I, I've seen you, like we've met, we, we've hung out a little bit and just seeing you even talk right now and, and how you mention your brand and how it's grown with the, with the influx of friends and community. I think the way you intertwine the DNA that Le Benjamin has is, I find that beautiful. And I don't know if it was purposeful from the beginning. I mean, I know that it represents you and, and, and who you are, but doing that, I mean, I think a lot of brands try and fail because it's it's a fake sense of the, it's not real. Um, I guess with my insecurities I had in growing up, being not being able to belong anywhere, you know. So whenever I had friends, uh, for me, like I might, I, some people say when they don't meet me, oh he looks really tough, or oh, he looks like a really cold guy, you know. His eyes are so serious. <laughs> I get that a lot. And I'm like, no, I'm very soft in the inside. It's just. Uh, life made me tough. I went through hard things that uh, are personal and I don't share, but uh, all of us went through difficult times. But that's why I nurture and I really care about uh, friends and friendship and uh, involving them. And sometimes I'm also a bad friend. Sometimes I don't, it's not because I cannot check on you or um, we're human. You know, sometimes I prioritize work too much. And I, especially the past two years, I was working like crazy. Like I, I, work, I was working even so crazy that I didn't have a normal time to be able to sit down with my friends. And my priority for 2020 is um, really slowing down with work and focusing more on my personal life, focusing more on friendship because uh, it's difficult, man. That's why social media is also, it's bad yeah if you use it bad you need to use it in a right way a balance right it comes back to balance being able to kind of understand how much you're able to to give and and to really be in moments and to appreciate moments with people that you have in front of you 
Like, I mean, I, I, I'm just as guilty. I'll be sitting down with my wife and we'll both be on, my, on, on our phones. Or like we're sitting on, on a dinner table and like my parents are on a phone, my brother's on a phone, my wife's on a phone. I'm also on the phone. fear of missing out. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's what important. it is. So Benji, tell me a little bit, a little bit about one, the importance that you find in collaborations. Like how, what is your take on, on collaborating with people? I want to know the person before I collaborate. I, I really think it's important that it's organic. Um, I've had some brands approach me to do a collab. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it for the check. I'm doing it only if there is an angle. It necessarily doesn't have to be only with me. It also could be about my culture. Uh, it could be about my family. It has to have an angle. It has to make sense. And I think that's, that's the most important thing when you collaborate, you know. So it stays because, authentic. Again, authenticity is uh, the new norm. Marketing is dead. The word luxury is dead. The word streetwear lost its value. It's now main, main, mainstream. So it's now the way we are. So I feel like things are losing value. That's why we need to, like, especially now during, after and during COVID, uh, purpose is even more important. Yeah. Companies or brands that don't have an authentic story will suffer even more. I completely agree. And I, I think that that also comes back to the point of the, of the Gen Zs and, uh, and of the millennials where they are looking for that. And their bullshit filter is so high that you, you, you cannot, you, you just can't lie to them, you know? So that authenticity really needs to kind of come out. Um, I'd be curious on you personally, now, if, 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 we, if we shift gears from the brand to you, the, sure. your, 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 your creative kind of sphere, how, did, how has that evolved um, from the East, from, from you, and now in getting into photography as well, and the different mediums that you've taken to express that, that, that creativity? How, how do you think your, your creativity and, and your form of, of personal narrative has evolved? I think I'm still at, uh, if you put your life as a journey, I'm at 50%, I think. There's still uh, the other 50 chunk that I have to learn and discover. I developed an eye and that I have done through photography. Um, I had actually two choices in life, either to go into fashion or film. So I wanna split my life into three kind of uh, pies. I would say, pie one is me as a fashion designer, pie two is uh, me as a uh, film director, and then three, I want to do like total social responsibility projects. So I'm split, I'm planning all of this, and uh, I'm doing everything just to develop my eye and my creative spirit. So I'm DJing sometimes, I'm uh, doing photography, but now we can't do photography because we're all stuck at home. So that's been bad. I'm discovering also drawing and painting, nothing to do with fashion, nothing to do with work. I'm playing around with graphite, customizing sneakers, not to sell, just to do it and keep it at home. Um, I'm keeping, I think doing different creative uh, disciplines helps you really uh, fuel your creativity. And it's also just watching documentaries, listening to podcasts like yours and your podcasts are great. And I discovered it through Jason and I saw a lot of friends that were in it. So everything that inspires, to be honest, and there is no end to it. Your eye keeps on evolving. Your spirit keeps on evolving. And Is in it? photography, I can see that because I would look at my old pictures and I would look at the new ones and it's slowly getting more minimal as you get older. So you start to focusing in on, on, on things deeper. Yes. So if you, like, see what, what I take from that is, it's really important I think for everyone to find a medium of expressing themselves. Like I think it's, it's so important for each and every one of us, whether we think we're creative, whether we think we're not creative, to at least find something that makes us happy through expressing. 
you know, some people find it in journaling, some people find it in drawing, some people find it in, in, in doing podcasts, some people find it in, 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 in painting. But I think it, it really is very important um, for people to be able to have, an, have a release. And I think especially in this time where, like you said, like, you know, you're, you're experimenting with things and they don't necessarily need to come out, but it's just for, for yourself. What I would also highly suggest, if you don't want to post it on Instagram, show it to your friends. Yeah. Because it will motivate you. Because that's really, motivation is very important. And I feel like we're too shy to share. You don't need to share it to Instagram and seem posy or like you're trying to show off. Open a WhatsApp group, you know, keep it private. Yeah. Share it with your friends. I think it's important to motivate each other because you doing something at home by yourself sharing to your friend could motivate them. This, this point makes me think about like coming back to when you were first starting and you got that first client who ended up being the, the, the guys at Kith and, and Atrium. Like he got a break from someone else and he then passed on that break to you. And in the future or however you might pass that out, like that, that pay it forward kind of thing kind of brings that motivation to other people. I mean, that's what you're doing with the community and, and, uh, and the younger people in the stores that are coming and, and looking up to you. And I, I think that's really important, right? Like where, where you're able to pay it forward. I'd be curious to also understand when you opened your first flagship store, where do you see, I mean, and we're in this situation, where do you see the evolution of retail kind of going? You know, like now we're seeing more and more brands that are online only and don't necessarily have a, a storefront or and, and we're seeing the, the people that have big stores are struggling because people are not walking and, and their experience isn't the greatest. And then you're seeing some online brands that are going offline as well with doing pop-ups. And I think you guys do that as well. So wh like, where do you see the evolution of retail going? So <laughs> I actually had uh, some talks about this as well. And uh, some retailers uh, actually will get mad at me, but uh, you shouldn't look at uh, square meter efficiency anymore. Completely. You should look at square meter storytelling efficiency. I posted this in twit on Twitter in Turkish and uh, the, the retailers also saw it. And <laughs> it's true. You know, it's all about storytelling now. If your store is just a product, I don't know. Um, so for sure, retail is not dying. It's I don't reshaping. Know. I agree, yeah. It was it's already reshaping. reshaping, but now it's going to be like uh, uh, in a second, you know? If you walk in, and I read this um, beautiful uh, report, I think it was on business of fashion, and it was saying that now, uh, you know how you calculate value digitally of an influencer or someone reposting on this many stories and or this many likes. Uh, I don't believe in that, uh, that it affects or anyway, but um, you should calculate the people that walk in your store and bring a value on the table because um, when they walk in they actually it's like going in on your instagram profile they walk in they see uh, they see the architecture they're getting into your brand's environment they've touched the product so actually it's uh, if you open for example a store uh, just on times square you probably have around one to two million visitors a year how much does that cost uh, versus you buying that much amount of digital media that's that's the question we need to start asking you know because physical will always remain stories are more than more and more important than anything and i feel like real estate is the future but the right one i yeah. think and not too many you know because when you open too many stores uh, you lose the value as well so for us it's just going to be like key cities no, I, I completely agree. I really do think that it's, it's more on experience and on storytelling. Um, and I, I, I personally think that retail is going to go more and more online, but it's that community, that, that transaction is going to go online, but it's that community and that feeling and that DNA of, of disseminating what your brand represents. I think that shifts it's a community offline. Space. Yeah, exactly. It's not a store. It's a community space. Yeah. You will do events, you will do gatherings, talks, that's what our store is. So uh, we need to all fast forward to this community spaces. Yeah. Benji, I have 
like I mean I'm I'm loving this. I have one more question for you. Of course. Which is if you could tell me about three experiences that have changed your life the most. Ooh. Three experiences. Uh, the biggest one is me losing my father at an early age. Probably that changed my life. And I usually don't say this. Uh, I usually don't even talk about this. But since we had such an intimate talk, I wanted to share that. Really, my father Thank passing you. away at age 19, it uh, made me the man I am today. And um, my mother would be the second thing. She, she really allowed me to take risks. I dropped university and she supported me. Probably, like even, even she gave me the first uh, startup money. You know, if she wouldn't have, probably I would have lost it because kind of my father passing away and um, the brand was kind of the medicine because his dream was to have a brand. His ultimate dream was to have his own brand. And when he passed away, I was like, you know what? I'm going to live my father's dream. I'm going to show that it's possible. And it, he always thought that it's very difficult to create a brand from Turkey. And uh, that kind of is like the biggest uh, life-changing moment that I ever had. And at the first few years, you feel very weak. But as you grow and as you work hard, you feel way stronger. And you know that he's watching you and yeah. Wow. I think that was one of the biggest life-changing moments. Then I would say um, my first show in Milan um, was, was a moment. And I flew all my friends there because I knew it was a moment, you know? So I, I really like took for my own money and I flew them all there, I got their rooms. I'm like, man, guys, this is our moment. Let's all enjoy it. And it was like a high school trip, man. It was like, like you know, these kids from Istanbul are in yeah. uh, Milano. <laughs> like, it felt like really special. And still today, we talk about that show with our friends. And you know, now they're like successful DJs, uh, football players. And, and because I value them, they value me. And I want to show that to them, you know? And um, that was a moment and probably uh, another moment was Nike, the first sneaker design moment. And I still remember the first day I entered the campus, like at 6 a.m. when the bus dropped us off, looking at the campus. I even have a photo, I shut the, the campus. That was a life-changing moment too, because it was like uh, one of those moments you fly, you don't fly normally to Portland, which is a 40 hour trip, for only 24 hours you know that was a moment wow man thank you so much for taking out the time honestly Benji this has been so much fun um and incredibly okay. insightful um and for you to take out the time I really really appreciate it and, and share your story um I, I'm forever grateful man thank you thank you Ahmad Thanks, thank you so much for listening if you guys have any questions or comments please do send them my way you can reach me on instagram at amadmia a-m-a-d-m-i-a-a-n or at the amad show until next time take care